a show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to 943. It's a way back Wednesday episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is. Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. And the hero of this story right next to me is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. It's a Wednesday, and you know what that means? New comic book day. That's right. Brand new comic books throughout the United States. Find your new stuff. Graphic novels, trade paperbacks, comic books, also things like toys, action figures, and things you can wear. And you know, there might even be a pop vinyl or two that's brand new into those comic book stores. You can find out what's brand new, the new product available. We have the whole list. For those comic book stores throughout the country, what's uh, what they might have in the store, you can find that right on our Nerd News section, and that's at our website, and that web address is... RileyandKimmy.com. Yes, and if you are in Central Florida, we recommend that you stop by Comic Central in Sanford. Comic Central, the only true comic book store in Sanford, according to the Riley and Kimmy Show. And you can just, you know what, just stop on by and you can find out why we say that. Say hello to Sam, the manager, Tyson, the owner, and the rest of the crew. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. That is Comic Central in Sanford. Very easy to get to right off of I-4. So if you, matter of fact, even if you are traveling to Central Florida, you're visiting, going to the theme parks and things like that, oh, head to Comic Central when you get a chance, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. That is a place we recommend for this way back Wednesday. Also, a comic book day and once again, that entire list is available of what's available at the comic book stores right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. We are going to bounce all over the place in time today on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It being way back, it means we're going to go way back, I guarantee that. And we're also going to just bounce all over the place. And including revisiting something we talked about on episode 942. I want to talk. <laughs> Yes, we're going to talk about Batman the Killing Joke just for a few more moments. Now, on 942, we have a review that Kimmy did. It's really Kimmy's review of Batman the Killing Joke. We saw it in the theater. The theatrical release, which was one day, right, Kimmy? It was just one day. Mm -hmm. Just one day, theaters. One day only. Yeah, it was one day only at theaters throughout the country. But right now, as we speak, it the, the DVD's out, the Blu-ray is out, is out. Now, one of the things we have on our website, somebody put together Batman the Killing Joke review, five positives and five downs, five negatives of it. And we're just going to take a quick look at that. We have the entire five ups and five, or actually six. I, I mean to take it back. It's six downs, five ups, five positives, uh, six negatives. Mm. Okay. And we will take a quick look at some of that right now. The entire list, by the way, is available right at our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is kind of curious if this kind of goes with what Kimmy was saying with her review. I'm going to get her opinion. Now, one of the things that they said was bad is the widely inconsistent animation. They said it's clear this isn't Warner's best work overall, 
and feels especially rough compared to some of Batman's finer recent animations like Under the Red Hood and The Dark Knight Returns and other pieces of animated work in the past. Now, what do you think about that? I agree with that. At times it was like, wow, <laughs> this didn't look very good. Yeah. So, yeah. So you agree with him mm-hmm. there. Another one. Barbara's token gay sidekick stands oh. out to them as a negative. They say easily one of the most annoying and irritating additions to the film is the introduction of a token gay best friend sidekick for Barbara, whose sole occupation is to ask Babs about her sex life, all while she talks about her relationship with Bruce in code, referring to crime fighting as yoga. Mm-hmm. And they go into further details why that was a bad thing to do. What do you say with that? Do you it agree? seemed pretty forced. It seemed pretty, you know, like a token. Okay, you know? so you, you that you're not happy with what they did there. Mm, it just seemed, yeah, it just really stuck out. It wasn't natural. Okay, another thing they have as a negative: not enough Joker. Mm-hmm. Not enough Joker. They say this film makes you wait and wait and wait until the Joker finally shows up, and it's almost. 35 minutes before we see him for the very first time. That's after a fake out a few few moments earlier when Batman meets an imposter Joker. So even if the Joker is on every single or part of every single second of the remaining runtime, that is less than 40 minutes. And of course, he's not. Plus, given how much time is devoted to his backstory, there's only around 20 minutes of the actual Joker himself in this feature. Considering how fantastic Mark Hamill is in the role, it's a shame that his part is so scant and all the more so given that the filler garbage that's front-loaded onto the film. Mm. They mm-hmm. they don't like that. Uh, that's another part they don't like is the Bat-Batgirl romance thing in the first part of the... Mm. They say it's just, it's bad. Okay. And it could be, they could have done away with it entirely, that part. And finally, on a negative list is... It's surprisingly tame. It's not an R movie. That's what I said. That, uh, see, I thought that kind of, uh, they said it is not an R movie mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. They're saying it's an R movie, but it's really not an R movie. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read the entire list, including the positives there, which I, I will hint with this, Kimmy mentioned this one on 942. Mark Hamill's voice work in Kevin Conroy's and Tara Strong's, they, they stand out as a positive. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out, we have that available right on our Nerd News section. That's at RileyandKimmy.com. And you got Kimmy's review. That's episode podcast number 942. It's available. You can check that out and, uh, you know, compare some things. And that's all available right there. Right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Have you changed your opinion in the last 24 hours or so since you've seen the uh, movie? I mean, or do you still feel the same way? Yeah, no, I haven't changed. All right. Well... I still haven't decided whether I'm going to pick up the Blu-ray or not. Okay. It depends on what's on that Blu-ray. After we record 943 here, which is in the very early hours of Wednesday morning, I'm going to go on a hunt and see what's on that Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So I may add it to the collection. It may not. Right now, as is, unless they have a lot of voiceover stuff or some more additional voiceover stuff beyond what they had in the theater with Mark Hamill, I will not be adding it to okay. the collection. And I will state, in case you don't listen to 942, if you like The Killing Joke, the cart, uh, the comic book, the graphic novel, that is, you most likely, I would say, beyond, I'd say 99% sure I am, that you will like this if you like the graphic novel. Okay. And you can be forgiving on the animation a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. If you can be forgiving of those uh, of that and you like the thing, then I think you you will like it. If you're unfamiliar with the source material, then that's where the the question is whether you'll like it or not. Now, Kimmy, it is a July 27th. I have a question for you on this July 27th. How about playing nerd pop culture geek trivia? All right. <laughs> All righty, it is a July 27th. It's our time to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia, and uh, we'll be asking Kimmy some questions here. If she gets more of them right than wrong, she gets herself some pocket lint, and she's building herself a pocket lint creature that's going to be making its debut somewhere down the road, possibly, oh, who knows where. I have no idea where it's going to be making its debut. If you'd like to find out some of the events that we will be at, they're available right on our event page at RileyAndKimmy.com. One of those one of those events is where that pocket lint creature could be making its appearance. Here we go, Kimmy. It's a July 27th. My question for you is the following. Give me the year that he made his debut. This cartoon character made his debut, his official debut, that is, in the animated cartoon called A Wild Hair. Can you tell me the name of the cartoon character that would have made his debut in something called A Wild Hair? And I'll give you this much of a clue. It's Warner Brothers. A Wild Hair. Tell me what cartoon character made his debut. Bugs Bunny. That's correct, Bugs Bunny. And give me the year that Bugs Bunny made his official debut. Official debut. Official debut. Where he is, Bugs Bunny. 1958. Bugs Bunny made his official debut. In 1940, Kimmy. Okay. And here we go. Let's put on the musical hat. Here's your question. Tell me the name of this group, and then we'll ask one more question about this. Identify who this is with this big hit of theirs. Every day I get the cue. To get on the bus that takes me to you. All right, Kimmy, give me the name of the group. Is that the Who? That is the Oh, no. Oh, no. You actually did it with a question. Is that the Who? It wasn't, that's the Who. <laughs> the Who? The what? The that, that is the Who, Kimmy. The who. How dare you? It's the who, who and Magic Bus. It was released in the United States the, on this date. What year? 1964. Uh, think more hippie. 1967. That's close. 1968. <laughs> Is when that was released, and when you were growing up uh, in the area you grew up in Chicago Land, you might have heard a rendition of that. It was utilized for WLS's Prize Patrol. They had a, like they had their own prize bus. They went out and bought with, and they have that Magic Bus thing playing as part of the, mm. the theme thing going. I, I thought you'd be able to get that easily, and bam, and not with a question with it. <sighs> Kimmy, it was on date in history. United States Congress asked for the impeachment procedures against what president? Nixon. Yes. What year was that? 1970. One. No. Two. 1974. Did you watch that on TV when that happened? Not the trial, but right about when they made that news announcement. Breaking news. Blah, blah, blah. I don't recall. I have a feeling you were watching soap operas when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I have a feeling you were. So on this day, 1976, John Lennon finally had his request to be a permanent resident in the United States approved. It was on this date, 1976, that Tina Turner files for divorce from whom? Ike Turner. You See, you did that. I, I didn't know if you remember old Ike there or not. And moving over to another date in history, music-wise, please identify who this is. This is one of the songs from 
this individual's first solo album. It was released on this date. Give me the year and give me the name of the artist. Here's one of the songs. Okay, Kimmy, tell me who that is. Stevie Nicks. That is right. And give me the year um, that the album came out. 1982. 1981 is when that album came out. Can you tell me the name of the album? That's no pocket on the line for the album. You've done well so far. Belladonna. That, <laughs> you redeemed yourself right there. I didn't know if you'd know Belladonna at all. Mm-hmm. And I have that album. Okay, well, all right, freak, here we go. Next question could be a trick question, but I will actually ask, I'll, I'll be fair here. Tell me the name of this artist. They released an album on this date in history. Give me the year, but here's the catch. I will accept two numbers, two dates, because it was re-released. It was released on this date originally, and then it was re-released two years later. Not okay. the same exact date, but... It was released two years later. Tell me who this is. This song was the first single that actually caused the album to be done. The record company said, okay, yeah, you deserve an album with this cut. Here is this person's hit. Identify who it is and give me the year. All right, give me who's doing their thing there. Madonna. That's correct. Give me the year that, that okay, it was the very first album. Mm-hmm. You, you know that. It was her very first, it was debut. This was it, self-titled. It was re-released and renamed Madonna, the first album. Now, Nin- tell me the year it was originally out. 1983. How did you do that? That is exactly right. Mm-hmm. 1983, then re-released. One of my favorite albums. Re-released and would actually become a monster hit in 85. Prince's first movie opened in theaters on this date. Give me the year and give me the name of that first movie. Purple Rain. That's right. Year? 1984. That is correct. You got it right. Yes, Kimmy saw that movie 9,000 times. That's about right. And Yes, and it's one it's in. Our library. Yes. Moving over to celebrity birthdays. He was born on this date in history. Leo DeRocher. Tell me what he is known for. What's his big thing he's known for? Baseball. That's right. Baseball. Baseball player and manager died at the age of 86 on October 7th, 1991. Tell me who this is. He's a writer, producer, creator of television series, mostly known for the 1970 sitcoms. Here they are. Tell me who this is. All in the Family, Sanford and Son, One Day at a Time, The Jeffersons, Good Times, and Maud. Norman Lear. That's correct. How old is Norman Lear today? 85. He is 93 years of age today. Okay. Now the next one, Kimmy, is it's going to be tough for this. I, I will give you an extra clue if you can't get this from this, uh, this little soundbite, okay? Mm-hmm. This is his first solo show. This is his first one that was his own, but he had st- he guest starred in some other things prior to this, and he turned down the role of Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Tell me who this is. Here is your audio clue. He's having a birthday today. I'd like to see those car strippers get in here. Feel safer now, Mom? Spoken like a true mother. I just don't want you to have to prove it, that's all. 
That's why I'm taking this extra precaution. Well, uh, let's give it a trial run, okay? Anyway, I got the lock on the door. It's absolutely vandal-proof. Honey, there's car strippers in the area. All right, Kimmy, he could play a banjo better than anybody. Can you tell me who it is? Jerry Van Dyke? That's correct, Jerry Van Dyke. That soundbite was from a TV show that was his first series, because he turned down Gilligan's Island. For this one, what was the show? Do you know? No Pocalin on the line there. This is one of the most obscure things you, you could possibly... Dobie Gillis? No, no Dobie no, Gillis is way before that. It was yeah, a, I, don't, I don't know. It was a show called My Mother, the oh. Car. And Have you ever seen My Mother, the Car? No. Everybody knows in the second life we all come back sooner or later. As anything from a pussy cat to a man-eating alligator. The <coughs> way well, you all may think my story is more fiction than it's fact. But believe it or not, my mother did decided she'd come back as a car. She's a very own guiding star. A 1928 Ford. That's my mother dear. She helps me through everything I do, and I'm so glad she's here. <laughs> my mother the car. My mother the car. Uh, that wasn't a big hit, obviously. My mother the car. That's the actual opening to it. I take wow. it you've never seen it. I have never heard that. No, I've never seen it. I've heard of the show. Uh, but and, yeah. And the actor who Weird. played <laughs> the actor who played uh, Major Healy. In I Dream of Genie was on this one too briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And I know you kind of looked at me strange when I said he played a banjo. He did. That was part of one of his acts. He would play in stage and so. I didn't play. know that. And if you well, that you, didn't help me. That well, if you remember the episode, almost threw me. Well, if you remember the episode of Dick Van Dyke where he shows up with his brother and it's a sleepwalking episode where he would sleep. Well, he's sleepwalking and he, his personality is very outgoing. And when he's sleepwalking. And he refers to his brother, I believe, as Buford or something like that. I can't remember what he would call him. And his and Dick Van Dyke's brother's name is Stacy. And Stacy, when he was that way, he's really exciting. He's playing the playing the banjo and going around and everything. But when he's normal, he's really shy and nerdy and mm. and won't talk to anybody and stuff like that. So hmm. yes, the ban- banjo was kind of a clue. And I guess I could have said, you know, he played on Coach as Luther. Mm. And he did. He was the spokesperson for Big Lots for a long period of time. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I could I could have thrown those things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't say he played in My Mother the Car. I didn't do that to you. That would not have been fair. Now, would have it? No. No. Or anyhow, having a birthday today, how old is Jerry Van Dyke? Um, 82. He is 85 today. And <laughs> what's, what is his hometown, Gibby? Can you tell me? Danville, Illinois? That's right, Danville, Illinois, and he went to one of your colleges that you went to, sort of, and he got kicked out, right? Is that, mm-hmm. the, is that the legend? That's what I've heard. He he's, and his, he and his brother. Was it both of them? Both of them got kicked out together, or just one I, of them? I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard rumors that one or both were kicked out. Wow. They were bad. <laughs> okay, Kimmy. Don Galloway having a birthday today. He's no longer with us. You probably don't know who Don Galloway is, correct? Right. All right. Don, Don Galloway passed away at the age of 71. He was born on this date. Passed away in 2009. He's best known for a role on TV that spread from the 1960s into the 1970s, from like 1967 to 1975. Here's the theme to the TV show he's known for. Please tell me the name of the TV show. Here's the theme. <laughs> Here's the theme. 
Kimmy grooving in the chair to that one. Tell me the name of the TV show. Ironside? That's correct. And I, there, there's no surprise why you're grooving. You know who did that theme, correct? Quincy Jones. That's right. Quincy Jones did that. And that song has actually been sampled before uh, in some jazz cuts, too, for uh, some jazz, smooth jazz cuts back in the... Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. In that horn working, I mean, that's, that is Quincy right there. I mean, it is, it is gorgeous. Yes, Don Galloway played in uh, or played on the show Ironside. He was Detective Sergeant Ed Brown. And I love those first, like, three years of... Ironsides. Mm. When Ironside, basically, it's like this: when he gets rid of the uh, armored truck, is his his vehicle, is his uh, you know, where they take him to the crime scenes and stuff, and they, he's driving this van. I got him in a little van. Then it's like, yeah, it shows. And plus, when she leaves, the one that played Eve, mm. when she's gone and they replace her, shows just it's one of those that then it's it's jumped the shark. Okay, okay. It, it's gone. It's right then. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, another uh, birthday, a notable. Tell me what this person is known for, Kimmy, and how old they are. Peggy Fleming. How old is Peggy Fleming, and what is she known for? Ice skating. Very good. How old is Peggy Fleming today? Sixty-nine. She is sixty-eight today. Now we're moving over to a singer. I have. I, I don't know if you know who this is. You will know what their work has been part of. But I'm not sure you'll know who it is. Do you know who Maureen McGovern is? Um, no. All right. Maureen McGovern had a couple of hits known with a couple of movies. I call her Disaster Girl because she had a hit from the movie The Poseidon Adventure. It's got to be a morning after If we can hold on through the night have a chance to find the sunshine. Let's keep on looking for the light. All right, that's the morning after from the 1972 film The Poseidon Adventure. Do you remember that one, Kimmy? I remember that song. All right, now the next one is from The Towering Inferno from 1974. This is why I call her Disaster Girl. She was in, uh, you know, she had music in both uh, disaster films. We may never love like this again. Don't stop the flow. We can't let go. We may never love like this again. And touch the sky. Though we may try. I don't have it on my MP3 player. I, I'm sure you're thankful. That is, we may never love like this again from the Towering Inferno in 1974. And I have a feeling they were trying to produce that to sound like Karen Carpenter a little bit. Hmm. Doesn't it kind of remind you a little bit that I think they're trying for that Maybe. sound? Maybe. I think they are. I do not remember that one. Uh, well, did you ever see The Towering Inferno? No. You never went to the theater to see The Towering Inferno? No. You know what's interesting? That's one of the few movies that my mother ever took me to. She took me to The Towering Inferno. And she took me to Earthquake and Billy Jack. <laughs> I, don't, one wow. of the Billy, I don't know what Billy Jack and one of the Love Bug movies. Those are only four movies besides one Disney movie that she took me to. So there's only like a handful of movies, right? I never saw any of those. Well, The Towering Inferno, you know, I read The Glass Inferno as a kid. That was the name of the book that was originally Glass Inferno. Then they made it into A Towering Inferno. She went to that one because, if I remember correctly, Steve McQueen is in. The Towering Inferno, and she loved Steve McQueen. So that was why I was taken drug, didn't want to go to to that. And then, of course, you know, Charlton Heston in Earthquake was why we had to go see Earthquake and Sense Around. And it was probably crazy that I went and saw that movie where I did it. It was an old vaudevillian theater. 
they showed Earthquake in, an old vaudeville theater, right? Vaudevillian theater. And plaster started knocking off the ceiling and stuff when you were sitting in the first night it played. We were mm. there for Sense Ron. It was lit. I mean, it was dust in the air and everything from that movie. My older brother, as I remember, sitting talking, looking in the newspaper for the movie times and um, talking about going to see that. And they, um, they asked about me going with them, and my mom wouldn't let me. She wouldn't let you see Earthquake? Mm-mm. Wow. Nope. Why? I, I, Jaws, I kind of understand. Because I was I, very sheltered. What can I say? Well, that's true, but I'm glad. I don't know what your Earthquake was. Set, but. Just off the top of my head, 1975, I think it was. Uh, I mean, we'd have to, we could look it up here. Let's just do, as we do this live, keep talking, do the Jeopardy music or something, Kimmy. Let's let's look it up. Hold on. Yeah, I, I don't know. They they Hold My on. mom and dad took me to see Jaws, but they my mom didn't want me to go see Earthquake because she thought it would be too intense for me. Why? Because of the hype. I don't know. It was because of the hype of, you know, it feels, sounds and feels like an earthquake in the, I don't know. I was wrong. It was 1974. It was released. In, wow. I didn't remember this. It was released as a, as a fall winter movie. It was November 15th, 1974. It was released. Hmm. I did not realize that. And so it, really, it was only six months later that she went and took me to Jaws. Yeah. Think about that. I don't know. And the movie, which is interesting, I didn't even realize this. Its budget was $7 million. It brought in $79,666,000. Hmm. Ten times what its cost was. Wow. So I, I guess it was a hit. That was during those disaster films, you know? Mm-hmm. The Poseidon Adventure, which you've never seen, right? Mm-mm. And Towering Inferno Mm-mm. and Earthquake. And Mm-mm. there's got to be somebody else I'm missing there. Was there another or is that it? That sounds like it. Was, mm-hmm. that, was that all of them? I don't know. Uh, it is now on this show, <laughs> as far as we're as far as we're concerned. Now, Kimmy, moving over to notable deaths on this date in history. See if you can identify who this is. We have two clues. One very easy, extremely easy, but we're not going to let you have that. Why do the easy clue first? Make that the backup clue in case you can't do it on the harder clue. This is the person's signature song, the person who passed away on this date in history. See if you can identify who this is. I will give you a little clue. Known for comedy, did acting, did television, did radio. So here's your clue. You ready? Mm-hmm. Clue number one. Thanks for the memory of sentimental verse. Nothing in my purse. And chuckles when the preacher said, for better or for worse. All right, Kimmy, who is he? Who is the person we're looking for? Bob Hope. That is correct. Welcome to the Academy Awards, or as as it's known at my house, Passover. All right, Kimmy, how many times did he host the Academy Awards? Um, five. Nineteen times Bob Hope hosted the Academy Awards. He appeared in more than 70 films and shorts, acted in... Entertainment, theater, radio, television, movies, nearly 80 years. Mm. Passed away on this date in history. Give me the year he passed. 1990? 2003 at the age of? Um, 98? You are so close. 100. He passed away at the age of 100. Mm. That is Bob Hope. 
And the Riley and Kimmy Show likes to go back in time from time to time and honor those or do memories of those who were part of the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. On this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, we're going to go back in time to a Bob Hope episode of the Bob Hope Show. And this is a really cool example of the golden age of radio. You may have never heard this before. You may, matter of fact, may not even know who Bob Hope is. He's very important in the world of entertainment, broadcasting, and so many things. And he did so much good work and helping individuals over the course of time. He had a, he had a very big heart. And I thought we would pay tribute to Bob Hope, who passed away on this date in 2003. We have an episode of the Bob Hope Show with special guest, Frank Sinatra, here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Bob Hope Show, transcribed direct from Hollywood with Les Brown and his band of renown. Yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Our special guest, Frank Sinatra. And here he is, Bob Hope. Thank you very much, Bill Goodwin. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I decided to do my Christmas shopping earlier this year. Traffic downtown is murder. I know one guy who has a Hudson, and when he drives in town these days, he doesn't step down into it. He just shoves it in the gear and puts his head in the glove compartment. (laughs) And what crowds. Everybody's shopping. Jack Benny was shopping, too. Jack had an awful dizzy spell. Dropped a dime in a revolving door, and it took him five minutes to find it. what he was buying, he said, not very much because he already has a hundred gifts at home to distribute among his friends. His Christmas seals have arrived. <laughs> and of course, I did my family shopping first, so I asked the clerk what I should get for my boys. She said, I'm sorry, I don't believe I know what boys want. <laughs> you should have seen her. She didn't. <laughs> Wouldn't have helped anyway. She didn't have it. But I did get a great buy. I did get a great buy on perfume this year. I, I always give perfume. Last year it was Toujours Moi. The year before it was Toujours Toy. This year I got a lovely scent. It's called Toujours Smog. <laughs> Don't laugh at these jokes. They may catch up. <laughs> Ever get the feeling that you're in the wrong business? Some wonderful presents this year. The newest washing machine not only washes and rinses and dries the clothes, it waddles next door and borrows the soap powder. <laughs> but this year my family's getting gifts from my den that'll help me relax more. Contour chair, a dressing room gown, large can of Ovaltine. They're even changing the calendar on the wall to a hunting scene. <laughs> but everybody was shopping. I saw Jack Dempsey looking around. He thought his shopping was done, but it turned out he didn't get anything. (laughs) Thought he was going to have another long count. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight is 
Frank Sinatra. Folks, the story we're going to tell you really began this morning when Frank made a purchase in a Hollywood jewelry store. These uh, pearl cufflinks will be fine, I think. I'll take 12 pairs of them. Huh? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Natra. But uh, do you think you'll need 12 pairs? Yes, they're going to be Christmas presents for the crew on my picture. Very important boys, these fellas are, those grips and that guy behind the camera. Really? Yeah, you know it. Last Christmas, I slipped up and didn't send him anything, but never again. Why? What did they do? I don't know, but for the rest of the picture, I looked like I was walking around in Sydney Green Street skin. <laughs> and, uh, Mrs. Nasha, where shall I send these? Well, let me see. I just got back in the East, and I haven't got settled yet. Tell you what, I'll be going over to do the Bob Hope radio show. Why don't you send them over to Bob's house? Right. See you later, Maurice. Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Nasha. Oh, uh, by the way, how did you like the signet ring you bought the last time you were here? The signet ring. Oh, that worked out great. It did? Yeah, holds up my pants fine. So long. Say, Bob. Yeah, Bill? This package just arrived for you. Oh, fine. And you know something? It's insured for $800. You're kidding. No. No, that's what it says. Gee, Bob, who'd send you a Christmas present that cost 800 bucks? You better unwrap it and find out who it's from. Well, I can't. It says do not open till Christmas. Well, yeah, but th th this could be somebody who needs medical attention right now. <laughs> hey, I, I've got an idea. Yeah, Bob. It says on the package it's from Maurice Jewelers. Call him and find out who sent this. Okay. Now, why would Frank Sinatra send such an expensive gift? Hmm. Oh, hey, Bob. Uh, that present was sent to you by... Oh, uh, don't tell me, Bill. Let me guess. Is it from somebody that has a slim, graceful figure and soft, wavy hair? <laughs> Yeah. A person that everybody looks at walking down the street? Yeah. Someone whose voice is low and musical and gives everyone a thrill? Oh, yeah. And is it someone I'd like to take a trip through the tunnel along with? Well, you could, but it costs a lot of time. <laughs> wow. That package is from Frank Sinatra. Sinatra? Can't be. That's what the man told me. Well, Frank wouldn't send me a wonderful present like this. Why not? After all the things I've said about him, that he carries bricks in his pockets to keep from being blown away. <laughs> and when he makes a picture, they use a string of spaghetti as a stand-in. <laughs> he's the only guy in town that can pull his shorts on from either end. the gift is from Frank. Gee, he's giving me an $800 present. What do I have him down on my list for? Well, let's see. Uh, you were going to give him a $2 tie clip, and uh, then you decided a 50-cent pen would be enough. <laughs> well, if Frank has given me an $800 present, I'm certainly not going to kiss him off with any 50-cent pen. That wouldn't be right. Oh, of course not, Bob. Put him back in the list for the $2 tie clip. <laughs> okay, Winthrop. <laughs> down, Liberace's mother. Look at those teeth. I'm only kidding. I'll get Frank a nice gift. I'll get it. Hi, Bob. Frank! We were just talking about you. Come on in. Mm. Sit down, Frank. Thanks. Hi, Bill. Hi, Frank. Gee, Frank, it's a real thrill to have you drop in. 
A thrill? Yeah. Gee, you're looking great. You're looking swell. You know, Frank, you're just tops. Yes, sir, that's the way I feel about you. Well, I didn't know. Should we pick out the ring? <laughs> what do you be, the confetti? Ooh. They, uh... <laughs> Frank, I'm sincere about this. I'm proud to have you on the show, boy. You're the greatest performer, greatest personality, greatest singer, greatest talent. Bob. Yeah? It's no use. You still got to pay me. <laughs> get too many laughs. I can always finish this program with Eddie Fisher, you know. <laughs> you deserve it. I don't get this, Bob. What's all this big friendship kick all of a sudden? What's well, I'm all happy, about? that's all. Why? Well, the way I'm being treated. Till this year, I didn't believe in Santa Claus. You sound like a Republican. Stand a minute. Pardon me while I go in the other room and get a certain package. All right. Say, when'd you get back from the East, Frank? Just arrived, Bill. I wanted to be here for the holiday. Oh, naturally. How about you, Will? Is the jolly old gent with the big tummy going to be good to you this year? Ah, oh, sure, Frank. Bob always gives me something. <laughs> By the way, yeah. what goes on with Robert? He's treating me so great, you think I just shot Red Skelton or one of those other guys. <laughs> Bob likes you, Frank. As a matter of fact, he's going to spend a chunk of dough on your Christmas present. Four or five hundred bucks. Gold happy hips likes you. <laughs> Gee, that's touching. You know, my eyes are getting misty. Yeah? And to think I've been giving him such a brush. <laughs> Here he comes, Frank. My boy, you're looking great. You know something? I'd never believe that you're as old as you are. <laughs> you don't know how old I am. It doesn't matter. I'd never believe it. <laughs> now, look, I'm leveling with you. Till tonight, I never realized how young and how handsome you are. Well, Frank, if Bob's so young and handsome, how come there are all those lines in his face? Those are not lines, Bill. That's right. It's just that I have so much good looks, I have to pleat my face to get it all in. <laughs> Frank, you don't have to flatter me. I know how much you like me. Not many people send me $800 Christmas presents. What? Do you really think you'll see the day when I'll give you an $800 Christmas present? Oh, I think so. You better start taking vitamins, kid. You've got a long time to live. <laughs> well, why deny it, Frank? Here's the package right here. Let me see that. Oh, Bob, this isn't for you. This contains the presents for the crew on my picture. I just had Maurice send them over here. Oh. Just a minute, Dad. You weren't being so nice to me just because you thought I was going to give you an expensive present, were you? Heck, no, I was sure of it. <laughs> but you still mean what you said, don't you? I mean, about my being such a nice-looking guy and all that jazz. And... Of course, Frank. You're fine. You look great. You're in great shape. That is for a human hat rack. <laughs> well, Bob, I meant what I said, too. You do look young. As young as any of those guys. Jack Benny, George Jessel. You know something, Frank? What's that, Bob? It's great to be back to normal again. Sure Say, Frank. Yes, Robert? Do you recall a little experience we shared years ago during the holiday season? If you are referring to the outstanding fiasco of my career, I certainly do remember it, old man. Pretty grim, wasn't it? It should have happened to Como. <laughs> Would you mind if we tell the folks about it now that the audience is dying of curiosity? Oh, is that what they're dying of? 
down, Maggio. He should talk. He looks like eternity got here before he did. Well, anyway. Here we go, folks. A Yuletide incident in the lives of Sinatra and Hope. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we take you back 17 years. It is 1936, the last year of the Big Depression, and everyone is struggling to get along. A certain young man is trying to get a job in a Cleveland department store. Well, young fellow, what can I do for you? Oh, your ad in the paper says you want extra clerks for the Christmas rush? I thought you'd give me a job because I'm a Cleveland boy, and you know my family. You knew my father before me and his father before him. All right, Hope, I'll hire you on one condition. What's that? Like you say, I know your family. Stay away from the cash register. <laughs> yes, sir. You can start tomorrow morning in the haberdashery department. Thank you, sir. And Dad will be happy when he hears about it, too. I'll tell him next visiting day. Are you the clerk in charge of this counter? Yes, ma'am. Well, tell me, do you have nice, warm, woolen socks that go almost up to the knees? No, I don't. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I really don't need them. I have very hairy legs. <laughs> the very idea. I've a good mind to tell the manager about this. He already knows that we dress in the same locker room. We're on the bowling team. Say, uh, <laughs> you want to watch out for me. I'm going to be a vaudeville comedian, and i got a lot of fast lines. Well, never mind the socks. I think I'll buy myself a pair of slippers. Right over here, ma'am. We have a complete line. Carpet slippers, bedroom slippers, moccasins, galoshes, and hip boots. The hip boots are wonderful to slip on when you're going to feed the pigs. <laughs> Do I look as though I have a herd of pigs to feed? I don't know. How big is your family? <laughs> Need a shoplifter. <laughs> Beat it, honey. Go on down to the silverware section and put the snatch in some of the sterling. All right, I'll go. But you tell Beagle Beak here be more polite to us shoplifters. We got a union, you know. Thanks for getting me out of that jam. Are you a new floor walker? The dew is still wet on my carnation. <laughs> I haven't even got my striped pants yet. What are those you're wearing? I do some ink lines in my long underwear. <laughs> but it's a little embarrassing, you know, when I go up to the front of the store. Yeah, and it must be chilly around the bargain basement. <laughs> well, I'm to get back to work. Not so fast. I got a bone to pick with you. Who is it, you? Oh, uh, What's wrong? Now, look, while you're working on my section, Sonny, no more calling the customers pigs, you understand? I was just making a joke. You see, I'm trying to get in the show business. No, well, shake, Buster. You mean you want to get in show business, too? Yeah, I want to sing. I eat singing, sleep singing, think singing. I want to be a singer in the worst way. Maybe Bing will give you lessons. <laughs> I got to do one of the numbers on the store loudspeaker. I, I wish. Yeah, all right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Customers, this is Singing Frankie again. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Go up to the second floor, there's a girdle sale today. Hey, let me... 
Let me help you sell those turtles, will you? Back it right in here. Oh, pick your size, pay no cash, put it on your tab. Have a happy holiday while we hold in your flag. No, we're not too bad. Yeah, if you were prettier, we could do the paper made pen song. <laughs> hey, Frank, tonight's Christmas Eve. What do you say? After work, we live it up a little. Live it up? Yeah, I got us a date with a couple of creeps. How about <laughs> you want to waltz the light with a couple of fantastics? <laughs> You mean you got us a date with two dames? Well, reasonably accurate facsimiles. <laughs> they work in the furniture department, and their upholstery's kind of loose. <laughs> well, come on. I told the girls to wait for us in the restaurant in the corner. Let's go. I'm going. Say Esperanza. <laughs> what is it, Calvina? Oh, those boys ought to be here by now. What department of the store did you say they work in? Uh, the haberdashery department. Why? Oh, I'm just getting nervous, that's all. Once I had a blind date with a fellow from the floor covering section. And when he saw what I looked like, he wrapped me in a tube of linoleum. <laughs> well, these fellas won't be like that. What sort of guys are they? Well, they'll think we're pretty. Oh, Stoops. <laughs> hey, here comes one fellow in the door now. There's two fellas. Oh, yeah. For, for a minute, it looked like one fellow with a toothpick. <laughs> well, here we are. Oh, hello, hello boys. Hello, girls. <laughs> you mean, uh, these are them? This is it. You said we had a day with a couple of chicks. So? Chicks, not buzzards. <laughs> Take it easy, Frank. They may not look like much, but they grow on you. They do, eh? Yeah, I've only known them five minutes, and already I'm sick. Sit down, boys. Okay. Oh, uh, you sit right here beside me, honey. <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> Now, I'm not so old. I'm just pressing 30. You're pressing 30? In what? Your memory book? <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Why don't we make a party out of this? Let's live it up a little. Oh, wonderful. Although, in your case, it may be a little late. <laughs> so, you guys are pretty handy for store clerks. Oh, we're not just store clerks. Heavens, no. <laughs> We're in show business. We're going to be big stars. We're going to live on Fifth Avenue in the best penthouse. You bet. The Waldorf Astoria in a beautiful suite and in Beverly Hills in a ritzy mansion. Well, where are you staying now? In an alley under a loose manhole cover. <laughs> well, look, if you're such big wheels, let's have some food. Say, waiter, we'll have filet mignons, mushroom, and sesame on the grill. Oh, no. And no. lobster thermidor, caviar, and champagne. Oh, bye. Ouch. Oops. What are you groaning about? You said you were big wheels. Yeah, but we're a little short of axle grease. <laughs> well, we've all had a fine dinner. I wonder how much the bill is. $46.60. And you better have the dough to pay for it. Listen, Herm. 
You're talking to a couple of guys that are going to be famous someday. Just leave the tab, my good man, and we'll pay you the next time we're passing through on our way to Hollywood. Yeah, we'll be shuttling back and forth all the time between Lan and Tallulah. <laughs> You're working out right now, waiting on tables. Us? Waiters? Why, my friend here is going to be a great singer. Then you can be singing waiters. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you start working, or do I call a cop and clap you both in jail? Well, uh, what do you say, pal? Jingle bells, jingle bells, try our steaks today. Just a dollar ninety-eight, that's not too much to pay. T-bone round porterhouse, we've got them by the dozen. They are really famous for they once were Trigger's cousins. Good evening, friends. All thanks for the memory. I want to thank Frank Sinatra for coming on doing a fine show tonight. Thank you. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com.